for a manual on the subject, but it had failed to arrive within the promised 23 days. Raymond had telephoned the publishers, who had assured him that it had been sent, and later he had remonstrated with the bald postmaster, who swore blind that it had been delivered. Voices had become raised, and insults had become exchanged, and Norman had found himself barred from the village post office. In fact, the manual had been delivered, but in error to the horrid new house with the satellite dish, and the man who lived in that house hated Raymond, because Raymond had once knocked a tennis ball through his greenhouse roof, and then trampled down many prize blooms whilst making good his escape from the three bad dogs after trying to retrieve it. So the man in the horrid new house with the satellite dish had decided to keep Raymond's manual and grow some vegetables on the bare patches of land where the flowers had got trampled down. So Raymond just dug for now, often in his vest and many times whistling loudly, habits which got right up the noses of the other allotment holders. And on this particular warm spring evening, he was doing it all alone. His fellow allotmenteers had tired quite early of the sound of his whistling and the sight of his armpits, and they had repaired to the Jolly Gardeners, where whistling was prohibited and singlets proscribed. Raymond was fashioning a hole in which to plant an apple tree. A Granny Smith, or perhaps a Cox's Orange Pippin. He had plenty of time to make up his mind, of course, as apple trees are best planted in November. His spade struck upon a light brown stone, and Norman stooped to pick it up. He was examining this stone with some interest when his best friend Simon happened by. Simon was slightly older than Raymond, but no wiser. He found favour in the eyes of local womenfolk, and had worked ever since he left school for Mr. Hills of Eyes, the gardener, who many claimed to be in league with the devil. Simon had dark hair, dark eyes, and very expensive dental work that he had saved up for. "'Good evening, Ray,' said Simon, flashing his smile. "'Digging a hole?' Raymond looked up from his digging. "'Good evening, Simon,' he said. "'New hat?' Simon, who never wore a hat, even in winter, shook his head. "'I've been thinking about growing a beard,' he said, "'but it's only in the ideas stage yet. "'What is that you hold in your hand?' Raymond drew a spittly finger over his find. It is either a stone that longs to become a potato, he said, or indeed a potato which has effected the most successful transformation into a stone. Perhaps, said Simon, it is a fossilised potato. Hmm, said Raymond, or indeed a singulacrum. Possibly so. Simon made a mental note to look that one up when he got home. Did you read that thing in the paper the other day? he asked. No, said Raymond. You must have me confused with somebody else. Well, it would appear, said Simon, that the Russians have drilled this hole. No, Raymond gave his head a shake. I dug this hole. No, Simon now gave his head a shake. Not the hole I'm talking about. This hole is another hole entirely in Siberia. Russian scientists drilled it to study the movement of tectonic plates. Simon paused in the hope that Ray would ask exactly what tectonic plates might be, but he didn't, so Simon went on. 
Twenty-three miles down they drilled, he said, through solid bedrock, and suddenly their drill broke through the roof of some kind of mighty cavern, and they pulled it up and they lowered down this special microphone on a very long lead, and you'll never guess what they heard. Raymond leaned upon the handle of his spade, which, since the arrival of Simon, had done no digging whatsoever. Was it the sound of millions of souls screaming in eternal agony, he inquired, because they had drilled into hell? Hmm, that's what it said in the paper. Yes, I see. Raymond pocketed his stone-stroke potato, climbed out of his hole and began to fill it in. Would you care for a cup of coffee? he asked Simon. Oh, yes, please, said Simon. Me too, but I only have tea. Inside his allotment hut, Raymond uncorked his thermos flask and poured two piping hot cups of tea.